are you? Good, good. How are you? Good, good. I'm so excited. So I always like to start off our podcast um, introducing you, having you tell us a little bit about you, but I always love to share like how we met because it's just so fascinating to me how people are put in your life for different reasons at different times. And I don't even know if you really know this whole, I've shared this story with a lot of people, but I don't know if I ever shared this with you. Um, So we met at a Tony Robbins event and we just happened to be sitting in the same like, you know, proximity. And we just kept sitting near each other at each day and it just kind of grew from there. Yeah. Well, actually we met each other in the bathroom line. That's right. We did all great relationships. We didn't know we were sitting next to each other. Right. And this is where I think the the whole, it's interesting how people come into your life, what they come to you for, because we were in a bathroom line in a conference of thousands of people. Yeah. And random. And then, you know, you sit down after you go to the bathroom thinking, Oh, it's so nice to meet you, whatever, you know, a long bathroom line together. Yeah. And then you realize a few rows over, as this couple or this, you know, you <laughs> yeah. and then you're with your husband. And I'm like, oh, and I had a feeling in that bathroom, like, oh, I wish, I wish I would have grabbed her name or I wish I would have um, gotten her information. Yeah. Right. Like every, I just, there was like an energetic pool for we me. Totally like, connected. Yes. The fact that you were just a few rows away that first day. And then I think once you do that, you're kind of like in a little bubble where you're just you know, it's kind of like being in school. You like, you kind of go back to your same seats. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, well, and then that just kept happening. So, and I don't know if I, I guess we did kind of talk about this now and, and I, it just kind of escaped me, but you're right. So this was our first experience with Tony Robbins. And I was a little nervous because the night before some of the people that we came to the event with were kind of like, Oh, have you ever been and I was like, no. And they were kind of preparing me for my husband because he had never been to anything. And I was a little nervous because they're like, yeah, you're going to jump around a lot. And there's a lot of dancing. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, my husband's going to kill me. Like, he is <laughs> like, he's just, um, he's not a rah-rah jump up and kind of dance kind of person. Like, he's kind of, you know, tough muscle, like, workout, you know, very stoic. And so... <laughs> When we met in the bathroom and then I saw who your husband, like, oh my gosh, like, this is perfect because if she's, if, you know, my husband sees your husband jumping up and doing everything, like he, it was so meant to be because your husband is so similar to my husband. And I think they, they like look to each other for like, well, I don't know about your husband, but for mine, I felt like it was like some good validation that, Hey, Mm -hmm. I can let my guard down and and let loose. Yeah, I think everybody, it's not just men. I think it's like, we're all like, why are we doing this? I think the why is important. Why you're jumping around energy is to stay awake, is to feel like this energetic force. And I think when you understand the why, then you don't look at it and go, oh, that's so weird. Because even now- We didn't have the why. The dinner, the night, the why. We didn't have the why. And now I'm like, I understand like if I am feeling a little sluggish or tired, I've been back-to-back meetings, like get up, put a song on, like move around. And then all of a sudden I have this newfound like, energy, energy, like mindset to like go for it. Right. Right. Especially if you pick the right songs, which at Tony, they are very curated songs to make you perfectly think I want to go. Yeah. So I know I do understand that though. Cause I, we both were, I was curious if Mick would get into it, Yeah, Um, but I was so over 
overwhelmed with like gratitude and excitement when he went there and just like he fully went there to be there and take in whatever it needed to be. And I do think you're right, especially like men, manly men to manly men sitting there. Like it isn't normal for you to like get up and do all this, but like, no, it's what isn't normal in my opinion now specifically is not to work on and to to let you to surrender, to let your guard down and to let like new things happen so that new things can happen. Um, and I'm just super grateful that he trusted me because he, I didn't ask him before I booked it. I paid for it. And I was like, we're going, I I refuse to grow without you. I hear people go to these things and they come back and they are such an energetic mismatch because you just can't understand what someone went through. Um, and why their thinking and thought process is so elevated. Um, and I was like, and that's not happening to us. Like, that's not our relationship. And he was yeah. like, and he was just like, okay. Yes. And that was exactly, exactly. Like I literally booked it before. I didn't even ask. Like I just booked it. Same thing because I heard the exact, exact same thing that I did not want to come back in a different mind space and him not understand. And we, I, 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 I mean, I've actually heard that it does cause huge marital discourse. Because you're so in such mm-hmm. a great place and then the other person doesn't understand like, okay, where is this coming from? Well then, and I think if you were to then drop down from that great place or not go after or have the support to go after what you now just feel like you deserve when you yeah. always deserved, but now you understand that you deserve, mm-hmm. then you can build resentment towards your partner too. So yeah. that can backfire. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, you have, I would say like relation, like at least my relationship, I don't feel like our relationship is hard. I just think it takes effort and, but it's not hard effort. It's just effort. And like booking this together and talking about why it's important is effort Yeah, and getting there and doing it together was effort, but it didn't feel hard. It was exciting and happy, you know? So I just think there's like a mindset <laughs> around exactly. what, what hard is in a relationship and like what it has to be. Um, and I just truly like I somebody asked me like, oh, relationships are so hard. I'm like, are they? Like, I don't know why. Like maybe I've I've been we've been together for eleven years. We'll be married for ten and or almost twelve, I think. I don't know. And then we'll just but it's so far, it's not hard. It takes effort for sure. But mm-hmm. it's not difficult to love him. I it's think not you're right. It's a to grow with him when you actually are intentional about it. And it's a hundred kind of go leads back to it's all in your head and mm-hmm. kind of why I started this podcast. Um is because I think it's all just where is your headspace and how are you going to use it? And it can be, like you said, just shifting it. It's effort. Doesn't mean it has to be hard. Yeah. Um, Okay. So Ashley, so tell us about you and a little bit about who you are, because I mean, I know, like we were just saying before we started, I know a little bit about you, but I know like a lot about you. And (laughs) just give us a brief like tell yeah. us where you're from and what you do. Okay. Yeah. So I um actually was born and raised in Hawaii until I was 10. My mom's Hawaiian, born up, born and raised an island girl. Um, my dad was there for work and or working. And so I was born and raised there till then. We moved to Arizona for my dad's job. So I went from an island girl to a desert rat <laughs> and lived in Yuma, Arizona, surrounded by fields. My dad was in agriculture and horticulture, um, ran a cattle company there. So I've always been like a small town girl, um, went to college in Arizona. I went to Arizona State University. I studied communications um, with a minor in rec and tourism management. I wanted to be in event planning. Um, I wanted eventually wanted to own my own wedding planning company. Um, and it honestly, energetically just totally aligned, I think, with who I am from like a 
having your hand, like having a lot of things going on at one time and bringing a lot of people together. Um, I moved to San Diego after college for, I was starting in meeting planning. And so you'd plan meetings for like big corporate companies. The company I worked for was actually for pharmaceutical companies. Um, or interned for. And I just found that even in that space, I was working nights, I was working weekends, I was all these things. I'm like, this isn't the job that I want. And then when I thought about it, and I really took a step back, even at my 21 years old, because I graduated college a year early, I was like, wait a minute, like you never thought about the type of life you'd be living day to day. You just glorified this job because of Jennifer Lopez and the wedding planner. (laughs) I was like, you can do that for work. (laughs) And it is. And it's so fun. And I love, I throw parties all the time now, but it's for fun. It's for my friends. It's in celebration. Um, So I took a step back and ironically just bartended, (laughs) which was nights and weekends. so fascinating that you said it because I I hear people now like in their forties and fifties, you know, and even older that it takes them that long to get to a point where they step back and they say, or it's some huge life changing something, but how form thinking of you to be like, wait a second, like this is not what I anticipated and I'm not living the life that I was thought. Yeah. And for you to pivot and, you know, change that, that's, that's huge. I would hope that a lot of people that are listening right now can stop for a minute and think about, okay, is this the life that I want? Well, and I think it is scary in hindsight too. I was like, I had spent since the moment I was 15, I think is when that movie literally was Jennifer Lopez and the wedding planner that made me go, you can do that for money, you know? And I was like, that's amazing. And then I was dead set on being in in event planning Um, and I glorified it. And I think it is a beautiful, fun life, right? Like you're at the parties, you're you're in charge of the parties, like you got the guests, like whatever. I glorified all of that. But within four months of being in it, I had like almost like a, my first little mini crisis of, wait a minute, I thought I wanted to do this for at that point, six years, you know, and then when you're 21, six years is a chunk of your life. <laughs> um, and I was bartending at the time because I was at an unpaid internship. And I said, I just need to take a step back because this isn't the life that I want for myself, like you said. And it was, I will actually, I guess I should pat myself on the back for yes. doing that. Specifically. I think people are very scared to pivot and understandably so we're raised by boomers who you work at one company, you stay there for 40 years, you, you know, you put your pen, all the things, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, but times have changed and things have shifted and it is okay to reinvent yourself and to decide that this isn't what you want anymore. And I think there's actually a beauty in knowing what you don't want. And sometimes I always tell my friends and family, it's actually a lot more beautiful knowing what you don't want because it just opens up, it closes a door completely and then it opens up so many more. Um, ones that you weren't seeing because this one was blinding it, you know? Um, and so for then I honestly bartended, um, which I always say is funny because I was ended up working nights and weekends for years. You're trying to That's exactly what I was trying to avoid, but I was dabbling in lots of different jobs. I got into, yeah. I thought oh, everyone would tell me like, Oh, you'd be great in sales. Like you should get into medical device sales. Cause I was not shy to the fact that I wanted to make money. I did not, I, I learned very early that it was okay that I wanted to make money. Mm-hmm. Um, that I liked money. I liked the freedom that money would give me. Um, and I wasn't going to be ashamed of it, which I think our, my generation was kind of shamed into. It's not about money. don't care. It's about love. And if sh- all these things are true, but like, let's just be honest, like money provides a lot of freedom and it makes the damn world go round. Like you still need a roof over your head and food in your fridge. Yeah. Uh, you have dreams and those dreams cost money. You know, I have dreams of traveling, going on safari. Guess what? Safari is really expensive, you know, but it was a beautiful experience that my husband and I got together and that experience carries 
on in the way that we treat each other in our marriage. So there's a lot that comes out of it. And I think a lot of people, the money mindset is huge. And very early on, I think I started on my money mindset that it was okay to want it, that I wasn't shy about it, that I would tell people that I wanted to, I just wanted a job that made money. Um, no, no, that's not, I've learned that that's not totally true anymore either. <laughs> um, so again, there's lots of shifts that happen. Um, but yeah, I, I worked for a developer. Um, I work, I got into like sales where I would walk into people's offices and uh, get rejected and I would cry, call my dad crying. Um, I did a lot of different things real estate, got my real estate license until, um, I met my husband and my husband knew someone that was in tech recruiting and they basically, I got a job, um, working for an agency that filled tech positions. Uh, so software engineers, program management, product managers, quality assurance engineers, all in the tech space. Um, and I started working there and I made a big, just took a leap and I took an entry level job that was mostly college kids when I was like 27 or 28. And I started over. Um, I gave up bartending completely. And so I took a huge pay cut at that point too. Um, I was probably making like 80,000 a year, maybe as a mid 20 year old in the bars. And um took a $36,000 salary <laughs> as a technical recruiter with the option to hopefully um, make some make some commissions. Yeah. And I worked there for two years, moved to one of our clients. Am I allowed to say names? It doesn't sure. matter. I moved to a client. Yeah, there's no affiliation here. It's yeah. just you and I talking. <laughs> Nobody's <So> Intuit, <laughs> yeah. So I moved over to Intuit and was really like in programs and projects there, helping with their hiring space. And then I, I'm at my current job. I'm at ServiceNow. I'm a technical program manager there. So I oversee the software engineering delivery lifecycle. Um, I help teams just stay on track towards our development goals and our software release cycle. Um, and about a year and a half ago, I picked up, um, I'm a partner with Arbon, So I'm a regional vice president with them. So I'm in the top 2% of the company there and I manage both. That's and that's, amazing. I am, I'm married <laughs> to my amazing husband. And well, you've yeah. said a lot of things that I, I think are so important, but I think a lot of people just kind of breeze through life and they're on this, you know, just cruise control. First of all, the money mindset, like, I mean, that that's one thing that we talk about all the time of, you know, we have that thing that plays money's the root of all evil and people that have money are probably bad or, you know, like that in itself right there, having the, the mindset of getting over the rejection that you had, um, that's huge. So when you think back to, you know, as far as you can remember, can you think of a time that you became aware of the thoughts that you were thinking? Because I think from my experience and when I talk to people, I don't know that people really truly are cognizant of what they think. They just kind of go through life and just assume this is just the way things things are. Yeah. Um. So as far as me like manifesting or like thinking of my thoughts, I don't think I related. I've always been someone that like created what we would call a vision board now, but I would just make collages. I would cut out all the things from magazines that I love and I'd pin them on a thing. And as far as you can remember, like when you loved it, loved it. So there was visualization techniques, I guess that I was using, but I didn't necessarily know. So the cog, I think you're asking about the cognitive part of that. 
So do you uh, think that you were dreaming? Like you were kind of just dreaming and like putting it, like imagining like what you wanted to do. And yeah, what like would I would like. see couples in love and I would yeah. cut the picture out. And I, because I'm like from the romance was a perfume way back in the day. And I loved their ads. And I would always, I idolized like the, uh, having a relationship where you're just like obsessed with each other, you know, and adore each other. And so I loved these things, but I didn't realize that like putting them down, like I just loved them. And so I liked looking at them. Right. Um, it wasn't necessarily like something I did to receive it or understand at that point in my life that putting it down visualization was yeah. a technique, right? Um, I think that if I can truly remember the first time really thinking about my thoughts matter um, was when The Secret came out. And may not be when The Secret came out, but it's when I read it, which was right after I graduated college. Um, so it was 2021. I was probably 20, 20, 2007. Yeah. I was living in San Diego. I just moved here. That's where I live now. Um, and I was listening to the CDs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Some people may not even know what those are. No, I know. <laughs> um, and I'm pretty sure it was disc five was my favorite and it was about vision boards and it was about how this guy had like wrote himself a and you know, they got a book advance for chicken soup of the and like this whole situation for your life and putting it out into the universe so that it doesn't, and I think at that point I was still like, oh, does it magically happen? But you subconsciously start working towards all this, right? So that was probably my first time listening to that book. And I would listen to that disc on repeat all the time. Um, so I would say for most people, that's a fairly young age, like 21, 22, oh, yeah. to maybe be super aware of that. They, your thoughts matter. Right. Now, the application of that has been its own journey. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I think the first validation after that truly, cause I stayed bartending and I was dabbling in all these careers. And I think there's a lot of, um, worth and lack of confidence that came through sometimes. I'm like, I have my degree. I'm not using my degree. Like I was in a relationship. I, my boyfriend at the time was the exact opposite of my college boyfriend, which is exactly what I asked for. Cause my college boyfriend was a little promiscuous and like did things. And I was like, I just want someone that has an integrity that comes home every night that, you know, respects me. Mm -hmm. Um, and my, my post-college boyfriend was all those things, but like there was not necessarily the same connections, the same goals, what we wanted in life. And I was, and I had at one point been like, I guess this is just, it. it's better than what was before. Um, and there became a point, I would say the first part of really understanding the power of my mind. And like, when you have a decided heart, I, we say a lot in our pun is like, when you have a decided heart, that things will shift. Um, like mountains will just move was realizing that I needed to break up with him because nothing was wrong, but it wasn't right. And I needed to trust that I needed to trust. I'm sorry. I was making emotional yeah, that there was that it was, there was more yeah. that this wasn't the relationship. This wasn't the romance ads that I cut out. You know what I mean? And put on my vision, my vision board <laughs> that did, I didn't know it was a vision board. And, um, as much as he was a great person, it just wasn't, it wasn't right for either of us. And that was one of the hardest things I did, but it was probably one of the, the catalysts of like an energetic shift in my life that made me realize how powerful I am. Um, cause two weeks later, my current husband bought my current, he's my only husband. <laughs> um, my husband bought me a cup of coffee and I fell head over heels and I dove straight in. Like I didn't ignore any of the feelings that I was feeling. 
Um, I trusted myself for like the first time. I feel like I fully trusted my gut, like the unexplainable thing that you can't talk about, can't tell anybody what it is. You just know. Um, and that was definitely the catalyst to trusting more. Um, he was my list. I made a list right after my, when Scott and I were breaking up, um, I made a full list of like what I wanted my husband to be and what I wanted him to make financially, what I wanted. Cause you can't be, again, you go back to that thing. You're like, Oh, you don't money. And I'm like, I'm not money. Money, but yeah. money has to be there. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to not live the life I want because, you know, I already had the funny guy that didn't want to do that part of his life. And that's his prerogative. Right. Like, and I, I don't shame anybody for that, but it just wasn't enough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so financially, what I wanted him to look like, what I wanted to feel like when I was in his arms, like I had a list, it was very detailed. And I had a couple small things on that list that were like, okay, if these don't happen, it's not like a deal breaker, but you'll know when it's your list. And one of them was, and it's funny because we don't drink coffee anymore, really. But um, one of them was like, that just enjoying funny. coffee. Yeah, having coffee in the morning. Um, I used to make breakfast and drink coffee in the mornings, and I did it alone. And I was like, I don't need someone to talk to. I just want someone to be across the table from me and enjoy mornings. Um, and the other part was must love country music. I was like, I am sick of these boys that don't understand what romance is and love. And like, I want to be taken to a concert and swept off my feet by a cowboy. That is so funny. <laughs> And it was a moment where I realized Mick was my list. And I was like, holy crap, he's my list. And then I just let it go. And I was like, whatever happens is meant to happen. If it ends in heartbreak, it ends in heartbreak. But this is the right move right now. Um, and so when that happened, I made a job list. And I started making lists, a <laughs> very intentional list. <laughs> wow. So you made this list, this this list. And then here Mick shows up. And now you're like, Okay, I need to keep making these lists because this has there's something to this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know I what know. I love that you said, and I think this kind of even goes back to the whole, you know, the relationship thing is that, and I, I think this is so, just so important to highlight is you have to close the doors of the things that don't work because, and I kind of visualizing a door with like a huge light behind it. And as you close that door, it now like, you know how it blinds you, like now it allows you to see what you do want. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like the same exact thing as hard as that was, it sounds like for you, you had to recognize that that was a door that had to close so you could see. Yeah. And it was, it was one of those things we weren't getting anywhere and we both wanted to get married. We both wanted to have children and we both completely deserved that. Mm -hmm. But we also didn't want, he would always say, I don't want you to be someone I used to know. There was that song that was really popular. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it would come on a lot. It was so popular. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not ready for you to be that. And I was like, I'm not ready for that either. And there was just one day I came home and my friend's sister had gotten married and they were in Bora Bora on their honeymoon. And I showed him a picture of them on their, their over the water hut. And I was like, I want this. And I was like, you want this. I was like, we've been together for five and a half years. Like we're, you know, he had meant we both recognize something very profound. He would have asked me because we'd been dating for five and a half years to marry him. And I would have said yes, because we'd been dating for five and a half years. And I wanted marriage and I wanted the wedding, you know, and I wanted all of the things that are the superficial part, but are, are very meaningful. Um, and I'm just super grateful that something kept us both from doing that because I think we could have easily been the opposite story where we fell into the shoulds. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I'm so grateful because his wife now is perfect for him, like literally perfect. They have babies and they're so happy from what I know. I don't know very well, but like, you know, from outside, <laughs> right, from the outside. Yes. Is they're very happy and I'm so happy. And I'm like, I know us very, uh, well enough to know that if we did know each other a little bit better now that we are thrilled for each other. Like I always praise and I'm so thrilled and it was very hard, but I also knew when we moved out of our apartment because we'd lived together we were crying and we were just like, we're, I told him, I remember thinking like, we're going to know tonight. Like we will know as soon as we are not mm-hmm. in this, like not forced. Cause that's a, that sounds like a negative word, but like when we are not have to be, see each other, we don't have to be around each other. doesn't mean that we're not going to like each other anymore, but I think we'll know. And I remember laying my head down in my apartment for the first night and feeling relief, like a weight was lifted off my chest Wow. and it didn't mean I didn't love him or think he was wonderful. It just, I knew we were, I, we were on the right path. I, at least for me, I knew I was on the right path immediately. And like I said, that was probably one of the first times as an adult where I really recognized that I just did the hard thing because it felt like the right thing to do. And then it worked out, you know? Yeah. Did you have any stories in your head that either helped or like, because I think it it's very beneficial for people when they can hear someone else say what the story is like, because we all kind of have that, I call it a negative Nelly that, you know, when you get that rejection or you have to make these hard decisions, is there a voice in your head that you have to like say, all right, be quiet, like be quiet uh, and then shift. Yeah. <clears throat> so in that particular situation with a relationship, which I'm sure is very relatable for anyone right. that's ever had one. <laughs> Um, I was 27. I really have to go back and do the math. Not great about knowing my ages. All the time. <laughs> okay. It's a good thing. So I, was it's 26, I was thinking it was 27, <clears throat> maybe 26 still. I don't know. And I remember thinking like, no, this is the age you're supposed to get married. So like if we, if we break up the whole last year of us thought talking about breaking up, if we break up, then how many years do you have to date until you date somebody or dating to before you find someone that you're going to date before how long do you date them before you get engaged? How long are you engaged before you get married? So I'm like doing the math in my head. And I know a lot of people do this. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm going I'll to have be- another seven years. <laughs> I have another seven years before I'm going to even be married, let alone having children. And, you know, in my younger self thought 25 was like when all this happened, right? Like 25 was like the magic number when you're young, because you have no idea what 25 even means when you're <laughs> like, right. you think you magically become like the most yeah. profound successful person at yes. 25 and it is <laughs> so funny because 25 or younger right now like hear me it is I'm, like save yourself the quarter life crisis that I have and just have different expectations <laughs> exactly there's there's nothing super unique I mean it's 25 however there's nothing there's no written in stone that you have to do anything by the time you're 25 there is no right. like you don't have to do anything you don't have to follow right. any rule. you just get to do what you want to do <laughs> yeah and so but I did have a quarter life crisis like I wasn't married I didn't have children yeah. I wasn't even engaged I was living in this PB apartment of Pacific Beach in San Diego which is awesome when you're in your young 20s like I'm exactly where I really should have been but just not where coming from a small town especially where right. I thought I would be you know I think there's a mentality of like a lot of my friends were either married or engaged or were starting to have their kids. And so I felt a little behind too. And it wasn't necessarily that I was like ready to have children or wanting children yet at that point in my life, but I'm like, everybody else is moving, you know? So the story in my head was if I don't marry him, then what if I'm alone my whole life? If I don't marry him, how long is it going to take? 
will I settle for something different? Will, will it be worse? Because, you know, he was better than my previous boyfriend in the terms of the things that I, that were missing in the first relationship. Um, and there became a point where I'm like, I, I remember telling myself like the, this, I was like, you know, I didn't have a, I had very, I was a pretty monogamous person. I had one boyfriend in high school, like all through high school, I had like a high school sweetheart, a college sweetheart, and then post-college dated for a while. And, um, I'm like every boyfriend, I remember telling myself like every guy got better. Every guy was more aligned or answered a different prayer. Um, and so I have to trust that like the next guy is going to be another mixture of these men, the good parts that I pulled. Cause mm-hmm. I look at every single one and I'm freaking grateful for them. I'm oh, so great. grateful for every woman. My husband dated, like they made him exactly the perfect husband for me. And I get really emotional about this. And I had to teach him this because he was a little bitter about people. And I'm like, why are you bitter? Like she made you perfect for me. Mm-hmm. You know, Scott made me perfect for you. Nick made me perfect for you. Joey made me perfect for you. Like they, we all learned something from each other. And like, if I don't look at them with gratitude, then what I'm supposed to like be angry that I wasted, you know, quote unquote, wasted my life. I didn't waste my life. They, they, I got you, you know, and we have this relationship that is beautiful and perfect for us. And would that have existed had I not learned, had I not been through the heartbreak of being cheated on or, you know, the, the complacency of just having your friend in your relationship or all these things. Like I taught me that I didn't want and what I did want. And I'm so damn grateful for every single one of those boys. Wow. And I, I really hope that if, if anyone can take anything away from this, as you said, something extremely magical. And I, I hear this all the time, and no matter what the situation is, it doesn't even have to be a relationship breakup. It could be a job or a friendship or whatever. Um, you said you could have looked at this as look at all this time I wasted and you shifted your mind of like, look what I learned. Like, yeah. I think that is such a pivotal point of any type of success, no matter what it is, if it's starting a business, a relationship, anything. Like if you go away with of the learning part of it, like that's just, that's beautiful. It's huge. Yeah. And it does apply. It's every area. And like I said, this was the catalyst, right? Like the relationship was the catalyst of the strength of who I am and what I can bring into my life. And the immediate thought after you know, Mick came into my life and I realized was he was my list was like, what else can I do this with? It didn't stop there. It didn't, there was no limits to where I was going to apply this new rule of being intentional and calling things into my life. It said, no, when you're intentional and you are clear and you're honest with yourself, that's key. Like people want to write a list and then they're not honest with themselves about what's on their list. I'm like, be freaking honest. There's nobody has to see the list, but you, you know, do you think people have trouble with that because they don't trust themselves or they're actually afraid? Like you said, you had to say no to that relationship and how painful and difficult that was because you're fighting this inner, like, what if I don't find anybody else? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think it's hard for people to be truly honest with themselves? Cause I can just even speak for myself. Like sometimes you make decisions because you're kind of scared of the outcome. You know, that, does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was terrified. It's a leap of faith. Yeah. Um, I think that people don't trust themselves for sure. I don't think they even understand what it means to trust themselves. I think Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of, um, honestly, it's kind of unfortunate how much work it takes to, (laughs) to trust yourself, (laughs) but (laughs) but it's really a lot of conditioning, I think, within our culture and our society, um, of shoulds and be careful. Like I just remember, you know, be careful. 
you know, there's that, you know, there's always these warnings of, you know, yeah, uh, what to be afraid of. For me, I will just be honest in 2020 with the pandemic and everything that came with it was incredibly eye opening for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taken on a whole new health journey. I've taken on a whole new um, journey with my relationship, like with friendships have shifted, like a lot of things have shifted in the most beautiful way, but they've come. It's because it's a lot of clarity for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, this is probably gonna be a very unpopular thing, but I, I, it's just true. The, the less I drink, the more I trust myself the more clear what I want is, the more clear my intentions are, the more I feel it stronger inside of me, that unexplainable feeling of what is right and what is wrong, what is meant for me and what is not, it is stronger. And, you know, I've started drinking when I was in high school, right? And like college. And I was just like that very typical person. Um, And even throughout the last few years, weekends, wine, a bottle of wine on Friday nights at dinner to wind down, like whatever, all these normal things that are quote unquote, like normal. And I'm not going to villainize anybody for it or anything. But when we talk about trusting yourself this year, I've been on a journey of basic of like, I haven't been drunk in a year. <laughs> we were in Italy last summer and I was, you know, we, and I'm rightfully so like if I was in Italy this summer, I might have been drunk. I don't know. But <laughs> it just, you know, I've been through such a different health journey this last year. Um, the first 90 days of the year, I didn't drink at all. I had a couple of drinks in Mexico. I, I can count how many drinks I've had and it's less than 20 in a year. Um, and I'm, I, I, recognize the trust in myself. It has grown so much deeper and the voice is so much freaking stronger. And that is like so addicting. And I think that in our culture, just because things are so normalized when it comes honestly to alcohol, and I know this is totally getting off topic of mindset. No, but I, I think it's perfect because it gives clarity. <laughs> um, I, I, there's, that was it first. It was like, there was clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, not just like in the, in the, I wake up and I don't have a headache kind of way, but like making decisions faster, um, hearing things and them sticking faster, remembering things better, like all those things. And then all of a sudden I'm making all these decisions. I'm actually making progress. I'm making steps. I'm not just thinking about what I want to do. I'm actually doing it now. Um, and when we talk about people not trusting themselves, it's, I don't, I don't think they realize the cloud that is walking around with them. Um, and like that fog that's just inside of them that they don't realize is actually attributing to something that is like, you know, like I said, normal and, and yeah. fun, you know, like drinking is fun. Yeah. I'm going to say it's not, it's just, right. Right. You, I, people ask me now, like I was in Vegas two weeks ago, five days for a conference, didn't drink. It was, a, I was out three nights in cocktail dresses, one night till one in the morning dancing, totally sober. Like it's just, I had a blast. And if you would have even asked me a year ago, I didn't think that that energy level was possible. But when you actually take cut something out for a little while, you rediscover a different part of you and you love that part so much that I think the energy and the frequency is so much higher. And so this is my journey. You know, I'm not telling anybody else what to do, but I can tell you, I can tell you where my trust is. I can tell you when I've eliminated things like that. It's a whole new level, even from years ago when I trusted myself to leave my boyfriend, you know what I mean? Or for us to leave each other truly because it was a mutual decision. Um, It's just so much deeper now. Like I can't, like the path I'm on with my jobs, you know, I work for, I'm, I'm I'm partnered with a network marketing company, a direct selling company. That is a lot of people don't understand or don't trust it or whatever. And then it's BS, but like, it's fine. (laughs) I I can't explain to anybody how I know I'm successful in it, how I'm going to be, but I'm in the top 2% in a year. I'm going to be in the top 1%. I can't tell you how I'm going to do it. I don't know. I just know. I know it in my heart and my soul, but a year ago, I was still would have felt fear. And there's obviously different things. What do you think the mind shifts 
because you sat there's so much clarity with your voice. And I know that people that are listening would, would love to say, Oh, I would love to have that confidence. What inner voice, like, what do you think you tell yourself or shift your thinking that has gotten to you to this, this level of confidence? There's honestly so many things that would snowball onto it. Um, you know, we went to Tony Robbins last year. Um, So I guess let me rewind a tiny bit more there. I would say it's the pandemic was a big part of it. Me trusting myself more than I was trusting others, people that I would have otherwise trusted blindly because I thought intentions were were pure. Mm -hmm. Realizing intentions aren't pure, the only intentions that can be pure are mine, right? For me. (laughs) Um, And so I think that was a, that was a beginning Mm -hmm. and then finding my voice within that. Um, when Arbon came along, it was because there were some things going on at my job that I wasn't comfortable with, that I was kind of being pushed into this corner, um, and having to make decisions against my values. And I wanted something else. I needed diversity in my income. You know, it was kind of one of those things where I was like, I need to expand more, um, within Arbon, It's just a lot of personal growth work. It's, it's a personal, we always say it's a personal growth business with a compensation plan attached. And it's because the community of mostly women, but there are men, it is weekly, podcast sharing. It is weekly trainings. It is weekly connections. Um, I would compare it similar to like mastermind groups, Mm -hmm. um, if you will, of, you know, sometimes you get training, sometimes you're all talking like that kind of stuff. I would compare it like that if I can compare it to anything. And that was why I joined, I, I went to Tony Robbins. So it was the reason why we had somebody come train for us. And I was like, this is amazing. Like I've always heard of this guy and I'm diving in. It feels right. Feels right in my heart. (laughs) Um, you know, Tony Robbins was a big shift because I will always feel fear, do it anyway. It's not his quote or his book, but he, he totally embodies it. You spend four days, you know, learning about yourself, exposing things about yourself, being real with yourself. It shifts you. It shifts how you look at things. And I came home with a different fire in my heart. Um, and then that grew. It's the weekly podcast. It's books that I've read. It is. It takes effort. It's not hard. <laughs> it's not yep. hard to do these things. It yeah. takes effort, though. It yeah. takes carving out my day. It's going on a walk and listening to Debbie Neal every Monday because she fires me up and makes me look at my week like I can freaking conquer it. Or it's you know listening to some health podcast that I love and makes me feel really empowered about what I know and what I can, what my body's capable of. It is Gabby Bernstein. I'm obsessed with her because I'm very much a spiritual person, but not a very religious person. And so I love how she embodies all of that. And it's inclusive of what anybody believes and um, calling things into your life and just like believing that you are powerful. So it's all of these things that have shifted my mindset. There's not one thing and it is not a one-time thing either. Like you go to a conference like Tony Robbins, you have to apply that. You have to hold on to that. That's why people go more than once. It's because life gets in the way and rightfully so, right? We go back, we have work, we have kids, we have all these things. And if you aren't incredibly intentional and put effort in daily and make it a habit in your life, then it's really easy to say, oh, those things don't work. It's like, you're not working. Well, it's kind of, I kind of contribute it kind of like working out. Like you can't just go to the gym one time and think that you're going to stay in shape for the rest of your life. You know, like you have to exercise every day. And that includes like how you process things. And as things are coming up, they're always changing and they can either beat you down or you can surround yourself with the things that you were talking about, which I think is 
kind of another point is that I think it really depends on the people that you surround yourself. Do you find that you're a little, I mean, at least for myself, I'm a little more selective of who I let into my space now. Yeah, I think it's hard to, Mike, Mick and I are very social people. I mean, we've always had a lot of people over to our house and all the things, but there is definitely a different, um, I wouldn't say like I've said anybody, I feel like people have naturally distanced themselves from me. Right. Because I don't feel like I'm not necessarily inclusive or don't invite people or whatever, but I have definitely gotten more selective with how I spend my time in the sense that maybe we don't have people over as many. It's not because I don't want to be around people, but it's because right. I'm focusing on things that right now matter more to me than maybe having a dinner party. Right. And so I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not answering the question particularly well, but the answer is yes. I have found that people. Well, like if, for example, you. I think it makes people uncomfortable when you grow. And I think they naturally distance absolutely. themselves. Absolutely, And I you think surround yourself. Um, and when I mean selective, and I don't mean like inclusive, um, like you're not inviting certain people like, yeah. you know, I mean, you um, intentionally put yourself with people and put yourself around people that are going to continue to help you grow. Yeah. You know, like and for example, what I want. mastermind and things like that. Yeah. And do what I and have what I want and do act in the way that I would want to act and see the world in the way that I see the world. It's very, I'm not, I'm not of the mind to go convincing people how they need to do their life, but this is how I view it. If you agree, then we're probably going to be wanting to hang out with each other. It's going to be magnetic. Right. But like I say, you know, this is a great example, actually. We were at a concert on Friday night and we were sitting next to this couple and we were talking, he was actually talking about how he, she's older than him. She already has kids. He doesn't think, well, if he wants them, probably perfect because, you know, kids suck the life out of your relationship and kids, all of all the, all these negative things. All the things. <laughs> and none of that, not, not that saying that none of them are true. Right. Like I've some of them. Yeah. I said, yeah, it's like, you know, for me, I told him, I said, I was taking a step back and looking at people's relationships or things that I'd seen growing up with people, my friend's parents' marriage. And I was watching sometimes their life be sucked out of their marriage or like their romance be sucked out of their marriage. And that is a massive fear of mine. I'm like, I or it used to be a fear. I'm not scared of it anymore because I that's my, in my power. Um, realizing that is it's in my power. And I was like, so for me, I what I noticed the common denominator was quite frankly was money. It was like, could they pay afford daycare? Could they afford a babysitter so that they could go out on a date? Could they afford a babysitter and the dance classes, right? Because dance classes are expensive and that's really connecting. And my husband and I do dance classes. I was like, I, I felt like it came down to a lot about money. Like, could they afford football? They had to pick their kids' football pads over maybe them going on a family vacation or maybe them going on a weekend getaway. These are things that come down. And like the root thing is like, can we afford to be the couple we were and to have the family that we want and to grow them in the way that we want to grow them? Um, and I said, okay, well, I can make more money. So if, I, if that's going to help relieve the stress and allow us to still be a couple, allow us to raise our child, children, hopefully, in the way that we want to and, you know, whatever, right? Like be able to them to grow up and have the sports and whatever they're going to do. Because it's all – I've watched – my sister has six kids. I know how expensive it is. <laughs> um, and I just remember thinking, like, I don't want that stress. And that's a stress that I can – personally eliminate. Well, we're sitting there with him and I said, yeah, so I just have to make more money. And he's like, I was like, you can always make more money. And he's like, well, not always. And I was like, no, always. And Mick, Mick's like grinning because he's like, Ashlyn's about oh, to boy. go. Oh like boy. The worst person he could have said that to. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, always. And I'm like, you're, he's wearing like a $25,000 watch. I'm like, either that's a fake watch or <laughs> you're telling, I was like, don't tell you're, you're have 
limitations on your money mindset? Was that like handed down to you? I don't know. Right. It just came to my mind because I thought when I said that, just given the outward appearance of this man, that he'd be like, oh, yeah. Right. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. interesting. And then when I responded back, he said nothing. And I wasn't going to like dig into the guy if he wasn't asking for it. But <laughs> Mick, funny. when he went to the bathroom, he goes, I thought you were about to let him have it on money. <laughs> I <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That is so um, funny. Yeah. So, I, so any advice, if you could give anyone advice, like if someone who is just now starting to think about, all right, I really need to protect what I'm thinking about. What would you get? What would you say? Um, The first thing is just watch what you're, what are you consuming? Mm-hmm. Um, from a social media perspective, um, consuming is who, what conversations are you having? What kind of information is being spewed at you? What are you listening to? What are you reading? I think those are easy. They're free. Um, (laughs) Like you can't tell me that you can't do them. So I think that's like the number one thing right there is what are you consuming and how is it making you feel? Because if you can start to be cognitive of what you're receiving, because that's going to affect how you think um, and what you start projecting out into the world. So I could equate this back to a year and a half ago. I started muting a lot of some of the bloggers I was following just because I love fashion. I love clothes, all of it. But I was like, do I need to be consuming this 24 seven? Like, do I really need to be watching all these wardrobe changes when I'm trying to make more money and build up my, my money mindset, my leadership mindset, like, and figure out ways to be bold. I was like, this isn't making me feel any of those things. They're not bad, but Mm -hmm. it's not serving me either. All it's doing is making me spend more money. Um, so, that, so that's an example of something that's not bad, right? That's not even right. negative. It's just a co- it's a very conscious observation that yeah. this is not serving the life that I want. Now that doesn't mean that I haven't gone back when I feel like, oh, I want to go shopping or I need an outfit. Like I go back and I look at their page. Like I don't think anything like that. Right, right, right. Mindlessly in my mind anymore. The things that are now coming through, if I am scrolling, are very powerful thoughts around mindset or money or leadership or business or confidence. Um, so if I'm going to be on my phone, I can curate what that's going to look like. Um, and it's, it is, if you're having the conversations and someone that's constantly complaining to you, I will give, I will give my ex-boyfriend a lot of credit for this quote. I have held on to it for so long. Um, right before, right before my husband, it was that boyfriend. And he remember saying I was having a problem with some friends and he was like, the best thing about friendships, he's like, is that you can take a break and you don't even necessarily need to tell them. Like nobody has to know that you took a break, but you can take a step back. You can be busy. You can be, you can be all sorts of things that they won't necessarily know. And then you can take time to really reevaluate. Like, is this the friendship that you want? If it is great, then you, you figure out what work needs to be done. And if not, then you can either just if that's if that, that, if that breakup, if that break turns into a breakup, like all I can think of is Ross right now. We were on a break. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, that break could turn into a breakup, and you still make maybe nobody will notice because that person really wasn't meant to be there anyway. Or maybe you have a conversation about what's not working for you anymore. Right. Um, and I learned that w- within that relationship from one of my girlfriends, like you know, friends fight their relationships as well. Like if you love someone, they have the power to hurt you, and you have to work through them just like you would a marriage. Oh, I love that. So, I really love that, you know, but unlike a marriage, you can take a break from a friend sometimes and and you don't need to. So I think that if you are having the other piece of advice in that would be like, if you're recognizing that you're leaving someone feeling drained or that you are a dumping box for all of their emotions and all of their problems, and it's impacting how you show up in your life or like 
take that invisible break yeah. and see how it makes you feel and really take a step back and under, understand if that relationship is serving you and if you need that relationship in your life because it is hard. Like we have like attachments to people and we have loyalty and those things are beautiful and they matter. But I have learned that some people come into your life for, I mean, everyone comes into your life for a reason and the season is unknown. There's people that have come in and left that I thought would be here forever. And it broke my heart, whether that be a girlfriend, you know, girl, my friends, or whether it be a boy. Um, And there are people that have come in and they've been way longer. And it's like, you know, you just don't, you don't have control over that. I just think you have to be true to who you are. And you can't be true to who you are if you don't understand like how you feel in that relationship and what it's doing for you and what it's doing to you. So, and what you're contributing as well. So I think those are all free things. Yeah. What do you can do in your life? And I think you said something really important to it. Um, one thing, like, how are you feeling? Like if you really, you know, at least think about, okay, whenever I see this particular thing on TV or on my phone, or I am hanging out with this particular person when I leave, like, how am I feeling? And if that's not a good thing, then you can definitely at least limit it or at least take a break from it. Um, we always call those people vampire friends. <laughs> you know, they just suck the life out of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's a really good, it's a good cognizant thing that I think people can do is just recognizing how they feel, you know, with certain things. and. And then honoring that. Right, right. right? Like if you recognize yeah. that this friend is a vampire friend, but yet you do nothing about it, whose fault is that? It's not theirs. Yep. It's yours. You're 100%. in control. You know? Um, and I think all of these things, the, 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 what are you consuming? They will bring you to that point that makes you realize that I have the power, that I am in control of my life. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're in the world of shoulds and obligations and I have tos, you don't feel empowered in any of that, you know, the clouds in apartment. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I tell you, I just have to say it's, um, I just love how certain things are put in, in your path. I mean, this podcast is literally, um, from, I mean, it's a kind of a, uh, after effect from Tony Robbins, you know, like it was, you know, so it's just so it's, I love that we met in the, standing and I'm, I'm glad that you remembered that because I and now that you say that I was like that's right we were talking about our husbands and like like oh you know I hope that they you know talking about how the shift like I hope we they had to come so that we all shifted at the same time and yeah. did you also tell me that people were telling you not to sit with your husband was that you he did it was you and so yeah. I remember thinking like yeah. I totally came here to sit with my husband I told him here and but it did make me realize and I'm so grateful you said that because I think he and I would have gravitated towards sharing with each other mostly and hearing you say that like because I understood the power of other people in the circles right and they kind of make it so that you have to share with someone right. sometimes with you but you're but, right yeah, but I was like, wait a minute. There's a lot of power in that, but like, I'm glad that we were together. Yeah, I don't agree with. I didn't go there to have again a separate experience, right? But yeah, I have to say, knowing that, I'm glad we sat together, my husband and I. But when you said that too, I remember up until that point, there was I remember us filling out like our notebooks, and there being some moments where like you're filling something out, and I was like, oh, I hope Mick heard that. Oh, I hope he. I wonder what he said. I and had to after, catch myself. 
after having that conversation with you, I was like, this is his journey. Mm -hmm. This isn't my journey to think, wonder what he's thinking. This is also my, these are two separate journeys that are happening in parallel. And so I'm so glad that we met so early on. And I'm so glad that you said that. Cause I don't know that I would have been as cognizant that I was even thinking about like, yeah. You know, like, I was like, oh, I hope he heard that. Like, yes. And I did, you know, it's funny, I must have needed to say it out loud to you because we did have like an exchange of like, okay, we got to make sure. Cause I could tell that there were times that I had to check myself because I was like, well, I don't want to write that down. Cause what is he going to think if I say that? You know, like, I, we both needed our own experiences. And I could tell that like there were times that if he was kind of checking out, I'd be like, he really needs to listen to this. This is really, you know, like I was trying to like really not focus on him. And I had to like make sure I made sure that I wasn't doing that. So, yeah. yeah. And Mick draws a lot. Like he draws when he's like right. listening. And so, and I think, I think I thought that that was him not paying attention, but it's actually him focusing and listening. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think you have to trust, and I learned this there, and I've learned this since with, I have a Reiki masseuse that I see once a week now, um, working on like my <laughs> energy shift. And she's like, you have to trust that he, not this, it was a particular night where I was having a Reiki thing at my house. And she's like, you have to trust that who's going to be there needs to be there. And who isn't there, doesn't need this right now. And I think that's the same thing looking back. It's like, if he didn't, if, you know, he was checking out a little bit, then he didn't need it right now. Or maybe it wasn't the right timing. It wasn't going to serve him anyway. And trusting that you're absorbing the information that you are ready for, that you can do something with. And that if you need that other part, even if I think you do, or you think, you know, we, you think I do that we have to just trust that it's going to come back in the right time. Yeah. Um, and I have absolutely trust that there's probably things I did not catch at Tony Robbins that I still need that will come back around at some point when it's ready, when I'm ready, my soul is ready. The universe is ready, whatever. Right. Um, I know that for a fact because I got a lot out of it and like uh, four days of constant information, like you're probably not getting everything to the fullest extent, but again, that's why it's a constant work in progress. It's, it's no days off, but in the same breath, it's not hard. It's not hard to not take a day off of growth. You it's so fulfilling and so beautiful and just makes life so much better that it's just one of those things where you start habit stacking it, you know, and it's just a part of you. I love that habit stacking. And that's, you know, it is, it's just a habit. It is literally just putting in those habits of, you know, doing the things that are going to, you know, make you, make you better. You know, yeah. But, um, yeah, I always, I, I heard this and I always thought that it's like the pick your heart, like it's hard to, it's hard to work on your mindset and yourself, but it's also hard when you get into your head and you start listening to those things. Like it's just pick your heart. Yeah. I say that all the time to new people on my team. I'm like, yes, it's hard to put yourself out there. Yes. It is hard to start a new business. Yes, it is hard, but it's also hard. Like why, why did you come here? And they'll tell me why. And I'm like, so that's hard too. And I was like, yep your heart. Do you want it to be the same that you know and you don't like, or do you want to try something new that's hard and maybe it changes this hard and they'll create new hearts, you know, yeah. but it, yeah. it really is pick your heart. It's I like the effort you know, like, that you said. Like it's it's effort. And I think yeah. that's a mindset shift too. Like we need to look at it as this is just a, it's where are you going to put your effort? Are you going to put your effort here to like mm -hmm. change your mindset? Or are you going to put your effort here to try to counteract whatever it is that you're not accomplishing because you've gotten into your mindset and you aren't doing whatever it is that you want. So it is, it's an effort thing. I like that. I like that word better. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. It's we all we have so many choices, you know, ours every single day. Yes, yes, and I just have to say thank you so much for. I'm, you know, it's it's one of those things. You know how when they say you have people in your life that like we you don't talk to for a while, but then when you meet up again, you just kind of pick up where you left off. Totally. Yeah. So I just so appreciate that we um, met in the bathroom line and <laughs> thank you for reminding I me. I um I had forgotten that whole, um, I just I remember just... being so thankful that Mick was there and like, it really, I, you know, we laugh about it, but it was like, it kind of, I think really allowed my husband to really embrace that moment, that yeah. whole experience. So yeah. I knew it, you all were meant to, we were all meant to. I, exactly. And the same thing could go for Mick. Like I couldn't tell you what the thing, the person who, which person all, it was a collective thing of like everybody's here. Like, I yeah. remember even looking at, um, you know, we had two other, a couple other gentlemen that were with us the whole time. And I remember looking at one of them who like wasn't moving. And I was like, what did you come here for? And he was like, <laughs> and he was like, okay, fine. <laughs> I'm like, you came here for this. So like, let's do this. Yes. Yes. They needed us. <laughs> you, you, this isn't, this isn't, this is all by design. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not doing that to you. I think that's one thing. I'll just say some, a little advice for anybody that's thinking of going to something like Tony Robbins or any other conference, right? Mick and I are heading off to Danny Morrell in two weeks. Actually, I'm very, very excited. It's called awaken. Um, it's a lot of breath work and meditation, a lot of goal setting, all the things as well, just a little bit different of a pace. Um, and I think that you have to remember that when you are there, every single second is by design every freaking second. So if you chose to go, then embrace every dang second, because it is the point. None of it is a thoughtless. None of it is filler. None of it. So trust that, know that, and just roll with it. And like, if you leave the weekend or wherever you're at and you don't, you didn't get something out of it or what you thought out of it, I can't imagine that will be true. You'll get, even if it's unexpected what you got out of it, but like if you fight any second of it, you are fighting the very decision to go. Yeah. And it's just having an open mind, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, we need to definitely keep in touch and I'm just so excited for you and all of the I get to watch and I, I do watch all your social media stuff and I get to see all of your accomplishments and I was just so happy for you and I just can't wait to, uh, we'll have to do this again. And yes, this uh, was so much fun. Thank yes, you for inviting yes. me on. I love this. So much fun. <laughs> and please tell Nick we said hello and um, we'll have to all get together at some point on one of your travels or we'll have to visit. Absolutely. And I'm really proud of you for starting this. Like, honestly, it's on my heart to have a podcast as well. And I haven't put that, I mean, I put my effort into a lot of things this year, but haven't done that yet. Um, It is a big deal. And I'm really proud of you and really excited. And this might just be your little door knocking and saying, hello. Yep. I know. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right, lady. So good to talk to you. Thank you so much. I will talk to you. Bye. Bye.